Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of the Contact Centre podcast where we're going to be looking at the topic of top tips for contact centre planning. Just as in the last episode with Morris Pantel, in this episode you'll hear a presentation taken from a recent call centre helper webinar which has been edited nicely to fit the podcast format. Today's presentation will come from John Casey, a resource planning expert who has worked with a number of international organisations, helping them solve some of their most troubling contact centre issues. John also works with Ulster University, helping them to deliver their highly regarded customer contact planning and management course. In his presentation, John shares a number of tips for improving resource planning, covering a number of areas from forecasting and scheduling to managing shrinkage. I will return for a brief intermission to also share some more contact centre planning tips. But for now, that's enough from me. Let's go ahead and listen to John's great presentation. This is a time for planners to shine. We've got a really unique situation now where many of us have little to no valid data. We have a workforce who have been hired for a different environment into which they find themselves. And we have a lot of demands of trying to meet service in a world where we know we probably may not meet service just because of everything going on. So it's a chance for planners to use those magical crystal balls that operations and everybody else think we have to see into the future and to move forward and to shine. And to do that, I'm going to go back to what I think has always been the resource planning mantra. It's our job to have the right people in the right place at the right time. And that goes through all the elements of planning from real time to forecasting to scheduling. And I think that's probably where we should step back today and just look at the processes in all our centres, especially when everything changes daily. I know in my work and my discussions with the guys here in AXA and all, we've had the quietest and the busiest days on record within 10 days of each other. So it's not it's got quiet or it's not it's got busy. It's got erratic. And that's probably the hardest thing for us to adapt to is that change, change, change. And every time we think we crack it, we have to move on to the next step. So maybe start the core to everything, the right people. Lots of research over the years, 80 to 85% of our customer contact operations is people. So obviously getting the right people and using the people right is absolutely what we need to do. And the one thing that I've really lived the pain of and the pain of understanding is shrinkage definitions. Since, I guess, for us in Ireland, St. Patrick's Day, when the Prime Minister, our Taoiseach, made an announcement whilst he was in Washington, suggesting that lockdown was coming and people should consider isolation, I've seen that with the same people, you don't necessarily get the same number of folk online. On another webinar this morning that was on similar topics, one guy mentioned that their sickness has gone through the floor. I know of operations where sickness has gone through the roof. There's no one way of other, but even where sickness was low, his warning was, is there hidden sickness? Is there stuff out there where people wouldn't have commuted, but they're coming because they want a distraction during the day? And is that going to build up to something down the line? You know, and it's something we probably have to be aware of. But some of the things I've seen is obviously holidays. Nobody wanted them in the first couple of weeks. And then people went, 
oh, I need a break from this, sitting in a back bedroom, sitting wherever I happen to be. And they do want holidays, which is great if that's happening because we don't build up a backlog. We're not going to get to November, December and realise we need to get 50% annual leave or we're carrying the cost into the next mm-hmm. year. But obviously sickness, there were things like self-isolation and God forbid there'll be some of us having staff who do contract the virus that's out there and we'll have to take time off or family members will. But also emergency leave for things like homeschooling and children around and stuff like that. We have to track them as pre-COVID and post-COVID or during COVID because they're here for now and they won't go away. They will go away if we ever get back to a semi-normal environment. We'll see when that comes. But we've also got things like technology. We've also got social circumstances. Are you in a house where you can work from home or not? Do you have broadband that's fast enough or not? And then we probably do need to be thinking, and I'll survey again this morning that I heard, you know, a lot of centres are looking at extra one-to-ones, extra team meetings, doing the stuff that happens through social interaction. The problem is our hired number probably hasn't changed. We might not have much attrition, but our number's pretty static, but our shrinkage is potentially going up and going up for the right reasons. So it leads to a challenge as the light coming in. And just again, going over some of the things I have, the excuses I've been hearing, we had people were able to provide a computer and then they realized their kids needed a computer. We've had people dropping and breaking phones. Uh, in fact, we've had a site director in Tesco this morning buying mobile phones and delivering them to houses to get people back online. Stuff in February, we would have laughed at, and now it's a real life. So I think the key in that is on shrinkage, we do need to step back and we need to recalibrate and then look at the step changes if we have return to work plans on what shrinkage may go away and what shrinkage might stay and what can we deliver. Hi everyone, after John shared that really great tip for managing shrinkage, now seems like the perfect time to share even more quick planning tips. So in this little segment, I will share three tips that have been taken from a recent article that I wrote for Call Centre Helper on the topic of workforce planning. Each of these tips will be specific to contact centre forecasting. So tip number one is to analyse outliers in your historical contact volumes. We want to remove outliers from our contact history so they don't influence future forecasts. But the trick is knowing when and what to remove. If you don't do this analysis, you won't know what is an outlier and what might just be becoming business as usual. Tip number two is to forecast down to 15 minute intervals. So this is because the general aim of forecasting is to make it as granular as possible This means forecasting down to 15 minutes if possible so that we can better match our workforce to our workload. This will help us to avoid a situation where we meet our overall service level target but really bad dips in service levels throughout the day. Yet this is not always the golden rule and that's important to remember here because if we are 30% out on the week in terms of forecast accuracy there's not much point in trying to get down to 15 minute intervals Otherwise, we're just making the margin for error even bigger. Our third and final tip now is is a simple one. And that's just to remember that 100% accuracy is an unrealistic goal. Consistently achieving 100% forecast accuracy is not a realistic aim. It is therefore better to aim for a steady level that is close to 100%. After all, we don't want to become so fixated on this goal that we lose sight of the customer and 
employee implications. Also, we don't want to be constantly testing new ways of reaching 100% forecast accuracy in a live environment. And that's an important thing to remember as well, because the risks are very big. So these are three of our top tips for contact center forecasting here at Call Center Helper. And if you want to read our article sharing these tips and more, just follow the link in the description box below. But for now, let's go back to John, where he is also now sharing some of his great advice on the topic of contact center forecasting. Just to go through some stuff, there's some questions I always ask, why do customers call you? And I think it's a question we have to ask all the time now. And in many cases, the only forecast we've got we can rely on is last week at the moment. But I think if we're going to do and move forward, we have to listen to the news, watch the news, see our government announcements wherever we are in the world, and then model, model, model. Would that drive me to want to contact my business or more or less likely, and build it into our models. And probably to do that, I'm now advocating giving two or three forecasts. What would we have been if COVID hadn't hit? And what's our best and worst estimates? And start talking to the business saying, you might have thought we were wrong in the past. Now we're going with less data we can trust. But our best estimates is it's going to be between this upper and lower range. And I think it's a great principle without COVID. I think it's a better principle now when we go into any period of change is to give the best and the worst case scenarios. And John, on on that, I mean, if you're giving a a range of different forecasts, you know, quite often people go, no, just give me the forecast. How do you get particularly the leadership team to go, well, it might be this, it might be that. And then you've got to kind of staff the, what do we might need, you know, 150 people, we might need 170 How do we get along the thing? Well, oh, in that case, you can have the lower number. Uh, How do you convince senior management? For me, a lot of it is doggedness. And I've tried this in many organizations as I keep going back with ranges. And sometimes you see a flip where it clicks with people, that they actually see that we're always within the top and the bottom. So they accept the variability and Mm. keep going. If they want a number, then you've got to say it's the middle. And then, but the risk is if we hit the top, you're going to have a 10, 15, 20% hidden service level. If we hit the bottom, it's going to be in the 90s, 95s, 99s, but you're going to pay for staff we don't need. And give them a couple of things, but say, this is the reality. And I always find it's easier to ask people on a sunny day to go home early than it is the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) To get people in, especially on a sunny day. Picking up on an article from yourself, There's lots of ways of doing forecasting from the straight naive forecasting of just saying last week, last month, this day, last year is the best indication through Holt Winters, regression analysis, artificial intelligence, do multiples and see which works. And I know I think, Mike, you might talk a little bit about some of the automation and stuff later. The key thing here is they all rely on data. I think a lot of us are saying we can't use the data. And a lot of our measurements is about taking averages and seeing how far away we were, were we 2% over, 2% under. And I think it is key. Either side, over or under, is equally bad. We're either spending money on staff we don't need or we haven't spent the money and we can't service customers who have come in. And there's one thing that I've got reading about lately, which is forecast value add. And it's probably just an addition to the process, which is very valuable at the moment. And a lot of us might have done this, but it's start with the numbers. The methodology that gives the best fix is always the best methodology for you. But then talk, 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 
talk to commercial, talk to marketing, talk to everyone who's out there and adjust based on those conversations and track those adjustments. Say, actually, every time I adjust because I spoke to so-and-so, it gets me closer. But when I speak to so-and-so, it takes me further away and start to build that into the process. We give numbers, but we can refine it as we go through. And if people Google, if you just have a look online on forecast value add, it's used a lot in retail and where you have stock and stuff to understand customer behaviors. But it encourages you to speak to stakeholders who know what's happening and look beyond the numbers, learn from it and repeat. So just before we move on to the last section of our podcast, we'd like to say a big thanks to the sponsors of today's episode, Genesis. Genesis is the global leader in omni-channel customer experience and contact center solutions. More than 11,000 companies in over 100 countries trust the Genesis customer experience platform to help them connect effortlessly with customers across any channel, voice, text, web chat, and social. If you would like to see a quick demonstration of the Genesis Cloud contact center platform, visit www.callcenterhelper.com forward slash demo. Once again, that's www.callcenterhelper.com forward slash demo. And that link should be available in the description box below. Thanks. And let's now get back to John's really interesting presentation. If we were doing homeworking, we would have hired them psychologically and profiled them. We would have assessed the working environment, done risk stuff, would have put in support, would have given them technology, would have put up the communications. For a lot of us, we just said, here's a laptop, log in from home tomorrow. So for those who are seeing productivity dips, it's probably not a great surprise in terms of the speed at which we had to do it. As one company said to me, it took us three years to get 40 home and three days to get 400 home. <laughs> you know, which just shows yeah. that those results make a lot of sense because of that, of the two sides. So it doesn't surprise me at all from it. And then we come to the right time and scheduling to finish off. And I think there's some stuff linking back to the shrinkage. Contracted hours and available hours aren't necessarily the same. As we've seen in one of the graphs, customer behavior probably means a lot of our schedules are obsolete. And if you have to produce your schedules four, six, eight weeks in advance, we're fighting a battle to adapt. And a lot of short notice changings. So flexibility, which both of our staff and our attitude to our staff is now more important than it ever was. And I'm coming back to some of the things. If we ask, there are stuff out there that people will do longer working days. People might want a longer lunch because they're feeding a family or they might want a shorter lunch because if the weather's good, finishing early and if your call patterns allow it, can give us to meet that spike and that demand. Split shifts help around the family. And also, we need to think about putting in those team meetings and training and finding the quiet times to do it. One interesting thing I heard again this morning was some centres are finding that people would actually prefer to work six days but shorter because from working in a social environment with dozens, if not hundreds of people around you, to working in a back room and seeing nobody for eight hours, it actually doing slightly shorter shifts and maybe doing an extra shift over the weekend is better for the mental well-being. But that might meet, and with the curl patterns I showed earlier, that would help me immensely if I thought I could get volunteers. 
Just to summarize, I know I've gone through a lot in a very short period, but I think the biggest one is we use this period as a time of learning. Let's see what we can learn about flexibility, about how quick we can adapt, how quick we can bring in new ideas and models, because something will come in the future, whether it's one year or 10, it's going to be there. Understand our shrinkage, understand what's new and how to track so we have valid figures for the future, the pre-COVID, the during COVID, and try to understand the post-COVID. Talk, talk, talk to our stakeholders, and it will help us with forecasting, particularly in a time where we've got great volatility by understanding what's going on. Remember that for many of us, homeworking is not homeworking, and therefore our productivity, as we've seen in reality, is going to vary from company to company. So don't feel bad if you read some of the reports that says a homeworking solution will increase productivity by X percent. You're probably not in a homeworking solution at the moment. And then let's try new things. Let's talk to our staff and see what we can get. But don't push them too hard because they're still adapting and we don't want to add to that COVID shrinkage with extra sickness. That's all for this episode. Thank you to John Casey for sharing that great presentation with us. If you'd like to hear more from John, check out the earlier episode of the Contact Centre podcast entitled WFM Tricks that will get you through busy periods. But for now, that's all from us. We hope that you like this new format of our podcast and we'll be back soon with even more thought-provoking presentations. Thanks for listening. The Contact Centre podcast is produced by Call Centre Helper, the leading contact centre magazine. You can subscribe to our podcasts or give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify. You can also access our entire range of podcasts through the Call Centre Helper website by visiting callcenterhelper.com forward slash podcasts.